Welcome to the Michigan Film Vault, everyone out there in internet land, or driving to work, or trying to do some dishes, or procrastinating on homework. I am Nick Noel, and I am just one of your hosts on this intrepid endeavor. Uh, you want to introduce yourself? No, buddy? I'll just, I'll just oh, leave it to you. Of mine. Okay. <laughs> I am you the, just I'm never the, talked. Yeah, I'll just yeah, it'll just be dead air. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I am the the other the other host of this of this podcast, Matt Giles. Yeah. And today we are talking about Robocop. But wait, didn't we talk about that last time? What's going on, Matt? What sorcery is this? It's just it's so good we're talking about it again. I mean, I, I kinda wish that was just what we were doing. <laughs> I honestly I'm like I, I don't know. I feel like excited is overselling it because I, I worry that you're going to rip this one, this movie, a new one. But uh, I, I am rather excited to hear your thoughts on, on this remake, uh, okay. which is what we're talking I about. I would. 2014 remake of RoboCop. And uh, yes, I pushed for doing both the original and remake. I think I think it makes sense. I would say to you, as I say to anyone who has a conversation with me, Temper your expectations. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, what is this podcast, you may be asking yourself? Uh, I know I ask it every day. <laughs> um, so this is, uh, we're from Michigan, and we like movies, and we wanted to focus on movies that were either shot or or had plots that related to Michigan. I think uh, RoboCop kind of broke our mold uh, where we went away from shots that movies that were just shot in Michigan to movies that take place in Michigan, even if they weren't shot here. Yeah, but as as we discussed in in last week's show, Detroit has really kind of co-opted uh, RoboCop, and it's become like you know a symbol of the city to the point that we have a RoboCop statue. So even yeah. though the movie was not actually filmed in Detroit, it was filmed in Dallas, the original that is. Um, you know, it's safe to say that RoboCop is Detroit through and through. Um, the remake, however, uh, did shoot a lot of the exteriors in Detroit. Um, where... Oh, so in some ways, it's more closely hewn to our to our original premise. Yeah, I'd almost prefer, um, you know, that, that as much as I love the original, like I do like how they um, kind of design a semi-futuristic looking Detroit, um, like putting Omnicorp uh, right next to like the, the Rensen um, in this remake. So I, I almost like if I if I could swap out anything in the original, I would just say like have the exteriors kind of match what the remake did because it actually – to me anyways, feels more like Detroit because they were using um, aerial footage of Detroit uh, mm -hmm. and Dallas. Well, I get the futuristic appeal. I kind of, I, I was, this movie, I liked kind of how they worked in um, the Detroit setting a little better, but that's just me. So let's, let's start with, um, cause you've seen this movie more than once at this point. Yeah. So I've seen it I think twice, is it more than twice? Yeah, I've I've seen okay. it probably more so, than than is justifiably um, allowed. <laughs> yeah, uh, so more than once. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, since you're more familiar with it, let's start with what is your uh, overall view? How do you 
what what do you think about this movie um if it was uh, like a like one of those like facebook relationships it would it would just say it's complicated uh, uh-huh. <laughs> because i don't outright hate the movie i don't think it's a good movie but i think that it is a movie that is worth discussing um mm-hmm. you know i when the movie came out i was kind of i had heard a lot about the like the behind the scenes stuff and how the director jose padilla had been um, trying to do a lot of interesting and different things with it, um, touching on some of the stuff that we talked about last time about like, you know, is this Alex Murphy as a machine? Is it a machine that thinks it's Alex Murphy? Um, and there was originally going to be a lot more kind of like dark exploration of that. But I believe from everything that I heard, uh, the studio kept wanting to play it safe. Um, and so a lot of, the interesting ways that the movie could have gone uh, were kind of muted and you get like a little bit of the setup in, in this one of like kind of where they, they might've gone. And obviously we have to grade it on like the finished product, but um, I still think that despite the studio kind of refusing to let the director have his vision, I think there's some interesting things going on in the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, it's nowhere near as good or even close to the remake. Um, but, you know, I, it's one of those movies, I don't know, like, I, I can watch it. Like it's, you mean it's, it's nowhere close to the original? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the yeah, the original is, like, you know, miles and miles ahead of, of this one. So, um, but, yeah, I, yeah. I just, I, I, I don't know. It's, I like the, um, obviously, I've, I've joked before about my love of Michael Keaton, but I think he does a good job in this movie, even though I don't think he's, really a bad guy and i feel like the movie tries to force him to be one at the end mm-hmm. he's just a businessman like yeah and or like the ceo who are inherently evil yeah <laughs> yeah so uh but like he's not a quote-unquote bad guy until pretty much like the last scene yeah um in the movie but yeah what what did you what did you what are your thoughts kind of just um the movie so you know, I this movie wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I really thought it was going to be dumb. Mm-hmm. And it's not a dumb movie. It just shouldn't be RoboCop. Yeah. Like, there's no reason for it to be RoboCop. I don't even think they call him RoboCop in the movie. Like, it never comes up. It's one of those, like, ta- it, feel, like it feels tacked on. Like, like yeah. oh, yeah, we're going to make this movie about, you know how much of your humanity can be stripped out before you're still a man? You know, what is the idea behind consciousness? If you just think you're conscious, is that being conscious or uh, do you, is there something inherently evil about that or wrong or, or, you know, are we even conscious? You know, that will, that some people's thought, you know, that uh, not that this movie doesn't postulate it, but that there, there's no real way to, you know, prove it. You know, we could all be in a simulation right now. We don't know. Um, So that's kind of a long way of saying that, like, it it just doesn't feel like this movie needed to exist in in the way that it existed. And it probably would have been better, a much better movie, if they hadn't had to staple on all the RoboCop shit. Yeah. You know? Like... And I, I, I feel like I, I feel the same way about it. It's just kind of one of those things like, you know, like in agreeing with you 
it's like, well, we unfortunately or fortunately, we still have the movie. So as like, like while it didn't need to be a RoboCop movie, um, the fact that we have it, like, is it right? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it does it have some interesting things going? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think broadly speaking, again, one of the criticisms that I heard of this movie when it came out, and it's true, I agree with it, um, is that despite uh, Alex Murphy's family playing uh, much more of a role in this one than they do in in the original, um, there is not one scene in this movie. Uh, that comes close to the emotional devastation of the scene in the original when RoboCop is walking through his former house and having the flood of memories. Um, yeah. Nothing that they do in this movie, um, like which you could argue is like in excess with the family, um, nothing that they do uh, comes close to that scene. And, and that's like a fundamental problem with the movie, which I 100% agree with. Yeah, I would I would agree with that idea, and I'd also agree with the movie takes shortcuts because it knows that you know what RoboCop is. Yeah, or at least most pe- most people are going to know that. Um, even though the way they have it set up, it doesn't make any sense anymore. Like for that knowledge to be part of that movie. So as I was thinking about it, it's so hard to divorce my feelings of this movie from my feelings of the original RoboCop because they are actively trying to play on them. <laughs> like yeah. they are, you know, the, the design of everything, the references to the other movie, the, the specific lines they use, you know, that really don't work in the movie they're using them in, but work as a reference to a different movie Yeah, um, that the characters in the movie are unaware of, you know? Yeah, so doesn't, like, he, doesn't he even not say dead or alive, you're coming with me until the very end. And there's yeah. been, no, there's no payoff to it. There's or, or no setup to it. I mean, exactly. Like, like we're never told that this is a thing that Alex Murphy says, like we're never, he doesn't do lines, you know, like as him as a person, he's not the type of person to use like cool action lines. Yeah. Um he just starts doing them way late in the movie because that's a line that people remember from the other RoboCop. <laughs> yeah. Um but even like even getting into the premise of the movie um the premise of the original Ro- RoboCop works because Alex Murphy is legally dead. Yeah. Like he is no longer a person. This what doesn't work because they kept yeah. him alive. Like he is alive. His wife is engaged in the process of um, him, like still being a person. She is saying, like you, this isn't a robot, man. This is a a you know prosthetics that we are using to keep him alive, you know, and allow him to move around in the world. Now that's an interesting conversation to have of how much of your body can be replaced before it's still you. Um, and I think the Gary Oldman character would say all of it. You're the only thing that's you is your brain. Yeah. Um, and I would honestly tend to agree with that. But if you look at the, some of the minor scenes in the movie, especially the man um, playing uh, guitar with his artificial hands, um, he feels like he's lost something because he can't play with emotion or else it'll override the system. And like, that's also a, like, I understand, like, I don't, I wouldn't know how this system works, but that feels like a very tacked on thing too, to kind of say like, 
you know, the conflict between man and machine is we have emotions and they don't. And as soon as we start becoming more machine, we have to curtail our emotions. And it's just like, okay, we get it. Like, yeah, but wouldn't that, I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing. And I, you know, I don't know whether or not you find it interesting, but that seems to be kind of like the core debate that they're having in in the movie. Like the whole reason that even though like to your point, they never call him RoboCop. Um, this whole thing is being set up is because Michael Keaton's character is trying to find a way to um, prevent crime, uh, like, you know, basically in the best way possible, but they have that opening scene where, you know, he's in front of Congress and they say, what would a machine feel if it shot a child? And he says nothing. And so that becomes kind of the whole idea of man and machine. And then to your point about Alex Murphy too, is that, like yes his brain is mostly intact but they also make a point of saying that they had to repair some of it from the damage of the car explosion which we should say is how he's uh not yeah another lame cop-out from this movie where he's blown up instead of like horrifically murdered like i know you know i'm not advocating for violence but part of the thing that's impactful about part of the thing that's impactful about the original robocop is how gone he is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how much he is brutalized and how this is a brutal uh, environment that they're all in and how you can see the need for a much more uh, aggressive or um, a much more tactical response, like higher tactical response, while the... Why the why the actions they're taking in order to make this cyborg, you know, may be justified. Although the way they go about it's kind of shitty, but in here, like, it's just like, okay, so like, this is kind of like a normal action movie, you know, like cop gets blown up in a car. Yeah. It's hard for you to say like, Oh, it's so bad that we have to, you know, essentially like destroy a man's soul in order to fight this crime. Which I will say that the, while, like, again, I agree with the idea that there's nothing in this movie that comes close to the emotional, like, resonance of uh, Robocop walking through his, his former house in the, in the original. I do think that, like, the, you know, the scene that comes closest to that is when um, he wakes up after now, you know, becoming Robocop, um, and he asks him to show him, like, what's left, and then... He's basically only got his his head, his lungs, and you know, uh, and heart, um, and then his right hand. Like, yeah. they, like that's I think like again, it's kind of like the seed of something like really interesting that the film never really gets a chance to explore. But mm-hmm. I think that that scene is kind of a way of them trying to address like what you're talking about with the original where like this man has literally been, you know, shot up so much that there's nothing left of him in this one. Yeah. It's a car bomb and it's, you know, he's still technically alive and they go through like, if he, if he doesn't get this procedure, like what will be left of him. And Mm -hmm. so this scene kind of seems to be the way of like saying like, Oh no, we've taken everything away. Um, just in you know in a different fashion uh, yeah. than the original um and again i don't know that it works necessarily but i it think doesn't it's, yeah i think that <laughs> it's uh 
I think that it's you know it's it's interesting to see where they where they could have taken that. But um, I mean, like, yeah, like, how can I how can I phrase this? Like, so let's 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 pull this back. Let's pull this back. Like, so to start with, the movie is PG thirteen, and that's part of why it's a car bomb. And the reason you make it PG thirteen is because you want to have more people go and see it. But that's dumb, and it didn't work because this movie only made five million more dollars domestically <laughs> than the original RoboCop thirty years ago. So, like, yeah. it didn't work. It never works. Like tampering down the expectations like that and curtailing how, the story how it should be told, given what kind of story you're trying to tell, in order to hopefully get more money, doesn't work because people don't want to see that movie. Exactly. So, one, two, the movie's too fucking long. It is two <laughs> goddamn hours. He's not RoboCop till minute 56 of really? this fucking movie. Wow. Like, he's training. He doesn't come in back to the police station till halfway through the movie. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, the first RoboCop, I think we clocked it 20 minutes. Yeah. 20 <laughs> minutes, he's RoboCop. Yeah. Like... Oh my god. So and it just kept going on and on. There's also too many plots. Like there's the uh, too much stuff going on. There's the Hyde amendment or the Hyde bill or whatever like that the businessman's trying to fight. There's all this marketing department stuff. There's Gary Oldman's ethical quandaries. There's a relationship between Alex Murphy and his family. There's the relationship between Alex Murphy and his partner. There's a relationship between uh, Alex Murphy and his police captain. There's yeah. there's the fact that he was murdered and he's got to solve his murder. Then it's, I've got to uh, stop this bad guy from uh, killing us. There's also the relationship between him and Jackie Earl Haley, who's just a dick, I guess. <laughs> like, it's too much stuff. Like, yeah. What's the first RoboCop about? A man <laughs> is murdered, they bring him back to life, and he solves his own murder and then takes down the the corporation or at least the man who's who the the puppet master at the beginning you know exactly he doesn't even take down the corporation like like we talked about last time robocop's a much sadder movie than people think it is because he doesn't win you're you're still like in the hamster wheel you know like you can you're you're still in the system you can't take down the system you can just get the guy who was the mid-level guy you know yeah, and I would. Um, I this would doesn't say that, even give you like this lets you kill the the main guy, but it doesn't matter. Omnicorp's still around. You're like, it. It still doesn't matter, but they also. I don't know. I, I'm. You you go for a minute. I'm getting too worked up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I agree. I think that some, not all. I think some of the uh, the plot points that you mentioned are. Um, are where this movie could have gone in more um, interesting directions. Um, but I agree that like pretty much all of them are not needed in the finished product. Um, I do think that like the, like to your point, like the marketing stuff and like everything kind of to do with Omnicorp for me. And again, it could be my own bias, just liking um, Michael Keaton. But I think that there's some like, it's another side of the original story that we didn't get to see as much of, and maybe we don't need to see as much of, but I still think that like it gives kind of like an other side of like how 
this might actually work. Like if this was a real thing, like how a corporation like that would be functioning, how it would be um, trying to make sure. a machine like this um, but, be something that the public could get behind. I mm -hmm. think that that stuff is a little bit interesting, but again, I think they try like they set up all this stuff that where the movie could potentially go. And then everything kind of gets like, to your point about it being two hours, like the last act of this movie it feels very rushed and again mm -hmm. i wouldn't even say that like michael keaton is a bad guy even in his last like they they try and force it by him saying like i could you know point my gun at your family and there's nothing you could do about it because you're a machine he's trying to prove a point but i don't see him as actually like pulling the gun uh and shooting like an innocent woman and the child like the entire movie he's just trying to think of a way to spin this in order to get like backing from the public and make sure yeah, that but he's see like this is the problem like but he's not bad like yeah, that's but but you're wrong you're just <laughs> wrong like you just like michael keaton and don't <laughs> yeah. want him to be a bad guy no i'm fine like, i like when he's a i'm bad sorry guy. like if if his if his plan is yeah i'm just trying to get around this stupid government rule so obviously i'll harvest corpses and turn them into soldiers like yeah. or i will destroy a man uh, and rip him from his family, uh, deny him dignity in death, and uh, make him my essential slave uh, in order for me to sell this shit so I can be even more rich? Who gives a crap? Like, like they that haven't just made sounds the, like a CEO. The problem is, like, that's like, just... Yeah, and that's not a good thing, man. <laughs> like, oh, I agree. Makes you kind of a shitty guy. Oh, I agree. I'm not saying he's a good guy. I'm saying he's just not evil. Like, Matt, uh, Matt what's you are the problem the with the capitalist structure. You, <laughs> you're like, he's not a bad guy. He just does shitty, evil things to make money. That's he's just, not being a bad guy. Yeah, he's just, it's business as usual. I, again, I don't agree with it. You're so I, beaten by the system, Matt. You yeah, can't no, see how it damages us in everyday life. Yeah, no, I'm I'm jaded and, and cynical about it, believe me. But, uh, yeah, I just mean in terms of, yeah, like being what one with, like, what I, I'm drawing a blank on the actress's name, but she's like. So she, it's, I guarantee you, so is she. Yeah, she, she's uh, she's the one that works with you know uh, Michael Keaton's character. She oh, the is girl the from one. Lucifer. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, she's okay. um, she is who I, I thought would you were talking is, about. Alex Murphy's wife. Yeah, no, no. Um, she's who I would say is like the ultimate. Like she's the one with a corrupt, like more corrupt agenda. What are, and kind what are of you even call. talking about? That Listen, is not true. Oh yes, it is. She's she's pulling the strings. Uh, she is not pulling the strings. Yes, she. That is, is a I'm ridiculous. That is a ridiculous. Okay, tell me how she's possibly pulling the strings. She's, tell me how Amy Garcia, who has maybe eight lines of dialogue in this movie, is pulling the strings. She. Wait, wait. Do you mean the marketing person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah the um the one that's with like Michael Keaton and Jay Burchell or whatever for okay. Yeah. Liz Liz Klein, I guess, in this movie. Yeah, I I still don't see it be because like she asks Michael Keaton not to make her like. No wait, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of I'm mixing up my stuff, but see? I mean maybe, but <laughs> I think she's part of a shitty system yeah. that he's the head of. Like, I don't think you can say that like she's the one maneuvering them when like he's the one asking them to do the stuff. And then okaying it. Yeah. 
Listen, you just want to blame a woman. That's the problem. <laughs> These podcasts always turn on me just so quickly. <sighs> Your inherent well, sexism I, uh, turns on you, man. Yeah, believe me, I love when Michael Keaton plays a bad guy. I think he's, uh, <laughs> he's a great bad guy. My point is just that in this, the way that the character is portrayed, yes, he is corrupt. Yes, he is doing bad things. But I think... Uh, at least at the outset, his goal is again to try and eliminate crime entirely. Granted, he's I mean major crimes. To is do he? Because so. I don't I don't see that. He really? never seems to care about that. All he's right. just making money. If he could make money like growing corn, he'd do that. Like I think I don't know, he... the face the face of the organization, it seems like he wants to be known for figuring out a way to eliminate crime altogether. And but that's yeah. That and that and he he sees Robocop as being a way to further that goal. And once it becomes clear that he can't control Robocop, then he starts thinking about like again, you know, <laughs> corrupt ways of doing it, but eliminating Robocop and spinning it in a marketing way that somehow both Matt, eliminate everything you're describing is evil. Like, <laughs> but again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Is no, it you're evil? Not. You're though? defending a position. Yeah, no. Is but is it evil when he when the the movie is trying to argue as are the characters so, in the movie, that Alex Murphy is company property and not yeah, no, but why human? But one. They never made that claim. That's the other point I'm talking about, is when they say that, they're relying you to remember when they said that in the previous RoboCop. Right. And they established that when they had them sign their contract. But I can't imagine that would hold up unless he's dead. And as they established, he's not dead. <laughs> he is a living man who has prosthetics to allow him to continue to live. They, so they do say... They, they messed up the premise of the movie by keeping him a living person. <laughs> I agree. However, they once again do say during the training that it is a machine that thinks it's Alex Murphy. And that's how they're getting around some of the legal loopholes, how they're yeah, justifying it's, it. It's not supposed to be a machine. But, yeah. but that's what they're saying is because he loses his actual consciousness. But he doesn't legally... The, my point is, legally, he is a man who was alive, who who cannot be forced to be a slave. <laughs> and so, here's what here's what I'm when they I'm say saying. like we, he's not a man, he's he's uh, he's the property of Omnicorp, and it's just like, but he isn't. He was in the other RoboCop that you guys are trying to get us to remember, <laughs> but he's not in this one because you guys decided to keep him alive as a man with a family, and that everybody knows who he is. So that that line of logic that they're trying to put in there doesn't work. Even if for practical purposes, he is uh, a, a machine, in legal terms, he's a man who has agency and is alive. So because I'm not clear on this, are you saying Michael Keaton's a good guy or no, a I'm, bad yeah, guy? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Michael's a, <laughs> Michael Keaton's a good guy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you nailed it. <laughs> but I mean, like, I can, I can kind of see maybe the argument is, does you do your intentions matter if what you're doing is good? Mm -hmm. But yeah, then you the have to get justify in. the means. Yeah, and and I think most of the time, uh, people come on the side of 
no, they don't. But, <laughs> and usually it's the bad guys who say that they do. Yes. But, um, but on the other hand, then you have to explore the idea is, is what he do doing actually good? Because they show us the parts in Tehran and they are lying and saying the people love having these machines here, love having their streets clean, clear and, and free of crime. And it is clear that they don't. They are living in a fascist state where robots are constantly checking them uh, and, and making them prove that they are, you know, not a threat to uh, the established order. Um, so they've already set up in this movie that this is a bad thing to bring to America and these business interests and these right-wing media interests are trying to convince the populace, the population that it's a good thing to have these robots patrolling your street because you'll be safe, but not, but the counter argument of that is you're safe, but not free. Agreed. But, but that's bad, Matt. That's a bad thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, so then if, if the ends justify the means, fine. But the ends aren't even good. Like, so he's doing bad means to bad ends. He's a bad guy. All of this is why I was so excited to talk to you about this movie. I gotta say, you said, uh, like, you know, to temper expectations. I think you've exceeded them. You see, this is this is exactly. I'm like, oh man, this. I feel like this movie is gonna get Nick fired up. So, I've been doing my best to facilitate. That. I mean, it's it gets me fired up in that I wish it was a better, different movie. I agree. Like, that, I wish that, it wasn't RoboCop, and I wish it was tweaked to, to take out all the RoboCop stuff and then tweak it about 20%, and it'd be a pretty good, if not great, movie. There you go. That's what I find. That's what bums me out. Yeah, I agree. What do you, okay, so what do you think? Uh, or or it you, would be chappy. So yeah. I, guess, I guess that's the flip side. It could just be chappy. Maybe it's just chappy, <laughs> or maybe it's... It, it it could also be um, short circuit, so yeah, which is a great movie. So despite you know, the racism, yeah, I like short circuit too as well. You know, I, short I, circuit two is is funnier. Yeah, he's I was, just going around the city. He's got a grappling. You got Michael McKean in that one, and so Steve Gutenberg. Oh, that's pretty great. You yeah. still have Fisher Stevens uh, doing a very offensive Indian portrayal, so that's not great. Yeah. But, um, Besides that, <laughs> is there anything about this one though? Like in all seriousness, like this RoboCop, do you think anything from either like the casting, the story, anything about the movie um, works like as a finished product? Like the so movie that I we will, have, is there anything about it where I'll you're say like, oh. I think for most of it, Gary Gary Oldman's character works. Okay. I wish they'd had, I wish they'd decided who they wanted to focus on. Yeah, because you basically had you know, three choices, you could make an argument for four. You could focus on Alex Murphy. You could focus on uh, Gary Oldman. You could focus on Michael Keaton. And I guess you could focus on maybe Alex Murphy's wife instead. Yeah. Um, but that would be a whole different movie. <laughs> but instead, they just decided to split their attention about, I don't know, 30, 30, 20 10, something like that. Um, 
And, and so you don't know whose perspective you're actually viewing this movie from. So I think that would be, I, I, the first thing is I would have liked them to pick one. And so barring that, I think, like I said, I think Gary Oldman, the relationship with Gary Oldman and Jackie Earl Harry's, Haley's character, I think is interesting. Um, and I think the conversations that Alex Murphy and Gary Oldman have work to some extent. Um, But besides that, um, I mean, Michael Keaton's fun, but I I think he's got an inconsistent character. Yeah. I think everybody's inconsistent in this movie. How do you feel about um, uh, his partner, Lewis being a male in this one as opposed, I, I feel like for me, the original, I loved that, Lewis was this like badass female character. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like something is lost in this, like that, that, that relationship. I mean, not that it has to be like a carbon copy, but the fact that they include his partner is named Lewis. Um, like, I don't know. I feel like something is lost with that kind of that friendship, that relationship there. I think that, um, you know, Nancy Allen um, did an amazing job in the original. I I feel like in this one, I was kind of bummed that they decided to go with like a male character. Um, But I, yeah. So, and I feel like they don't really like that relationship isn't kind of like a focus of the movie. And I feel like Mm -hmm. they kind as a result of that, like Lewis is really the way of him, you know, aside from the memories that he, um, receives like you know throughout the movie lewis is really his way back to being you know human or as close to human as he'll ever be again and in this one i think one of the things that they misstep with is that he um wakes up after the car bombing and he's still basically alex murphy like yeah he's gotten you know all of his limbs replaced and all this stuff but like talking to you um you know interacting with people Mm -hmm. he's still himself nothing has changed until a scene midway through the movie or i guess further than midway through the movie um where they decide to like bring his dopamine levels or something way down and then he's well just, like, do you remember why they had to do that yeah because again the emotion because uh, they of, accidentally uploaded footage of his own death because <laughs> they're fucking idiots yeah um but again it calls into question the whole like man versus machine emotion versus uh programming that kind of thing like again i get it but it doesn't doesn't fully work so in this one i think gary oldman's character is kind of acting as his way to you know retaining his humanity even though it it never feels like he really lost anything um but I, I, I don't know. I just want I didn't know yeah. what you thought of Lewis kind of being a different character, being a male character this time around. Um, um, you know, yeah, you- I mean, I guess I guess they kind of made him more or less a, or that character kind of a non entity. Like it doesn't really matter what that character does anymore for the most yeah. part, because, again, like they're fo- they're they're not focusing on anything. If they'd focused on Alex Murphy like then that relationship could have been interesting and you know i i don't think it necessarily has to be a woman i think it was really interesting especially for the time when it was mm-hmm. um and that it was in no way any kind of like romantic interest yeah so that was that was also interesting yeah. yeah um I, you know but i think you could 
tell a different kind of story or or focus on different aspects of that relationship if if you wanted to they just chose to not focus on any aspect of the relationship at all so it almost doesn't matter who it is yeah you know, I, think, I like uh what's his, is his name kenneth williams I think. The, possibly um, let's, let's, the, let's i always it. remember him from community where he played that uh botany professor or biology professor yeah. or michael kenneth williams yeah um uh and and so that's what i remember him from and and people are going to be screaming at me because obviously he was in the wire and i've never seen the wire so sorry yep well we just lost uh a percentage of our listeners yeah uh, all two of them yeah (laughs) have you ever (laughs) seen the wire and not to not to go off on a wire tangent but have you ever seen it no um okay so nobody's gonna listen to us yeah To be honest, it's 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 like it's almost intimidating at this point. Like everyone That's describes true. it as like the greatest show ever, and I tend to, as you know, from doing this podcast with me and also knowing me as a person, I tend to f- not be in the majority when it comes to certain <laughs> things. So, like everyone telling me that this show is amazing, I'm worried to watch it and be like, it's not. You know, is it is it really that good? Like, I don't, I don't. I feel I'm, like even I, I feel like at this point. And, and, you know, I don't want to cast dispersions, aspersions, dispersions, whatever. Um, But I feel like knowing you a little bit at this point, it's too late. Like (laughs) you've been told that this show is great and anything you do, like, you're going to go into it and be like, yeah, but it's not that great. Like it's too bad. It's too late. Like, and I, I feel like I might be kind of the same way. Um, I could be wrong, but um it's almost like a contrary nature you have where you like are trying to find why it isn't that great. And with this yeah. garbage piece of shit movie, trying to find out why it is like still good. <laughs> yeah. That's sorry. That's an exaggeration. It's not that bad. I just, no, I'm just razzing your berries. Yeah, no, no, that, that, I, I get it. Um, yeah. I, uh, I like, I like him like as a different Lewis in this, in this movie. I just mm-hmm. wish like he's, um he's shot in the beginning and wounded and then kind of you know shows up throughout the movie but what a interesting moment for character development they could have had if they they showed the duality between their recuperations and how as partners they supported each other or just don't think about that at all and why bother having him shot at the beginning why does that matter yeah uh, yeah, there's, I think the general problem, I mean, there's many problems with this movie, but like to what we were talking about last week, like, again, you think of Alex Murphy's introduction and his screen time before he is, uh, before he becomes Robocop, still with the minimal amount of screen time that Peter Weller is like, looks like Peter Weller in that movie, you get all you need to know for the character like you you've learned everything about him and yet you've spent zero time with his family um or anything like that brief flashes of it and him wanting to impress his son yet that tells you everything you need to know in this one the problem is they're trying to overstuff it they're trying to over explain they're including pretty much everything to your point about the runtime and all these different plots going on. It's like, again, it just feels like a very safely made movie. Like we got to include all this stuff. We got to have more of this, more of that. And it's like, they looked at the original and said like, yeah, what if there were more of this here and that there? And instead of just realizing that one of the reasons the original is, you know, as close to a masterpiece Mm -hmm. as one can get is 
because of how simple it is. Like it, it communicates effectively without like making the audience feel, I don't know, pandered to, or mm -hmm. like treating the audience like they're stupid and that they need these kinds of explanations. Um, that's, I think what this movie suffers from most, I guess, is just kind of cramming so much in like, you know, again, we need more with his family. Let's show like more scenes of this family it's like no like none of those scenes equal anything close to one scene in the original like yeah um yeah. so yeah that's, that's that's broadly speaking i think kind of how i how i feel about this movie but and, yeah. you know i think um i was having this conversation with another one of my friends about you know this ineffable quality that some actors have that come across on screen and it's not really something that you can train for it just happens you know and it may be just a mindset you have maybe it's something about confidence maybe it's something about you know just the this the way your face works on camera you know and that you, you that's that's just a genetic crapshoot you know and i would say for the most part uh like peter weller has that like you are compelled to watch him regardless of what he's doing for the mm -hmm. most part. And it's, it's something about the, the way his voice works and the way his face looks and, you know, some sort of energy he gives off, I guess, that comes across to us as humans. I'm sure there'd be some sort of psychologist who could dissect it. Why, why even, you know, maybe not the best actors in the world can still um, be compelling on screen. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I think about Keanu Reeves, I think about Angelina Jolie, um, and, you know, Angelina Jolie, I think, depending on the, I don't like to put necessarily lump her into the bad actress category, but she's not the greatest actress in the world. Let's put it <laughs> that way. Um, but, you know, still compelling to watch and not just because that they are all attractive people. There is something about them. You know, Joel Kinnaman is a very attractive man. You know, he is a giant, blonde, muscular Swedish man with a perfectly symmetrical face. Like, <laughs> he is not an unattractive man, but he doesn't have this quality that Peter Weller has. Yeah. Or they're not letting him show it on the screen. I don't know if it's if it's just the, the cinematographer or the director or the acting, but I feel like it's something about that person. Because it doesn't matter what you see Peter Weller in, you want to watch him. You know, yeah. Buckaroo Banzai doesn't work if Peter Roo, if sorry, if Peter Weller isn't Buckaroo Banzai, you know? Um, or, you know, it's same with Jeff Goldblum. You know, Jeff Goldblum, you just are compelled to watch him. You don't know yeah. why. He can be Brundlefly all day and it's fine. You know, yeah. I, I still want to watch him. You know, there's there's a reason why they made the sequel to Jurassic Park around his character and not the other ones. Because <laughs> everybody was like, yeah, we want to watch Jeff Goldblum in more stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think I think I I agree with everything that you're saying. I think that Joel Kinnaman, um, he's I, I don't think that any of what you're describing is necessarily his fault in this movie. I haven't seen him in enough to like know. I, if he, I watch. Yeah, sorry, keep going. No, no, I I but yeah, I think again this movie it's kind of like it's everybody's fault and nobody's fault somehow. <laughs> like is how is how it feels. It's like you could blame it on individual performances you could blame it on the director but then you could also look at the studio and say like yeah. well 
they were trying to do this, but they weren't allowed to do that. Like, so I think it's, so, it, it's you know, weird. I'm it gonna, does feel like that. Like everybody and nobody's yeah. fault at the same time. I'm going to toss this out there because I was thinking about Joel Kinnaman in Altered Carbon, uh, which is a show on Netflix and based on a book series. Um, and I, I would say there are moments in that show where he is very compelling and not even just moments, but a large percentage of that show, he is doing a very great job. And I I would say he did a great job in this movie too, given what he had to work with. Yeah. But in that movie, he's much in alter carbon. He's much more compelling just as a performance than he is in this one. And I think maybe what this comes from is how comfortable you are with who this person is. Yeah. So I think probably, I mean, I'm, I'm so overgeneralizing because obviously I don't know these people, but I feel like Keanu Reeves and Peter Weller and all these people I've been talking about have a strong sense at this point of who they are as people. And they put that into the characters they portray. And I think the problem with this is that the script wouldn't, you can't figure out who Alex Murphy is by reading the script because, and you can't figure out what he cares about or what this movie's about, what point it's trying to make by reading the script because it's trying to make like eight different points. And one of those points is maybe Alex Murphy isn't a man, but also maybe he is. So you, you play that, play that right now. (laughs) Play play both of those things, those complete yeah. opposite things. Play both of them. Yeah, yeah. It just it it misses the mark on mm-hmm. many levels. Yet again, my question would be, um, you know, we both I, I feel like feel similarly to this movie. We have disagreements about some things, like you know Michael Keaton. Um, but uh, um, do we like the movie? Isn't horrible? Like despite all of these things that we're saying. Yeah. Like somehow it's like still a watchable movie. It's not like you, to your point, it's not a RoboCop movie, even though it's called RoboCop, but yeah, I somehow mean, it's it just still, shouldn't be. Cause it's, yeah. it doesn't, it's like I said, it would be better if it wasn't. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like that was why with this movie, like I thought it was worth having a conversation about because you're hitting on all the things that like, I feel so conflicted about when it comes to this movie is like, all of this is objectively true. You could say like, yeah, it's not, it's not a great movie. None of this stuff. And yet we don't hate it. Like something like, you know, Batman V Superman or, you know, (laughs) name any movie that you like loathe entirely. And so I think that that kind of justifies, I don't know, some, you know, like our conversation that we've had today, but also just conversations around the movie is that like, somehow it manages to be worth still discussing even if it doesn't um achieve everything and that i think i said last week that like it's an interesting failure and i would still stand by that you know despite agreeing with everything that you've said about the movie (laughs) and you know kind of piling on to that as well like i still find it an interesting failure yeah uh, of a movie i would i would say that it's an interesting failure because like i would love if somehow someone could go into this movie and make it not a not not reference RoboCop yeah. and just see if it's a better movie. Cause I 
like like i know this would this would be so much work but change the the design of the costume take out any kind of references to uh, robocop at all take out the lines that that are from the old movie you know any of that and just see how it plays you know if, if it's called like you know, shittiest title ever, but like Deus Ex Machina or something, you know, yeah. like, which is already the name of a different movie. So, you know, yeah. but like, that's essentially kind of what they're trying to get at. Um, yeah, what would be the I, opposite of, of Ghost and Machine? Like Machine and the Ghost. Like <laughs> Machina Day. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, why, I, I so. do want to mention, uh, again, to the point of like this movie having like stuff that is either like a false payoff or a setup without a payoff, all this kind of stuff. I don't know if you were wondering this at all, but uh, you know, since I've I've seen like the Blu-ray of this and watched the deleted scenes, everyone, including myself, when um, when I when this movie came out, wondered why the hell is his right arm or his right hand left on? And there is a deleted scene in the movie when they're talking about what they're going to have to do, where Michael Keaton talks to Gary Oldman and says, "Is there any way we can keep his right hand?" And then he says, my father always said you could tell, you know, like the soul of a man or something like about the man, by the way, um, he shook your hand. And so that's why they agree Mm -hmm. to keep his hand. And then there's, again, because that scene is not in the movie, there's a false payoff to that that is in the movie when Michael Keaton and Alex Murphy meet for the first time and he shakes his hand and he kind of, you see Michael Keaton kind of get like a smile on his face. Like he, like he likes him because of how he's shaking his hand. I but, just, I'm like, again, do you know also how stupid this movie is? Yeah. <laughs> because they kept his left hand. <laughs> okay, well. No, <laughs> like, they kept it. It's his right hand. No, it's not. It's, are you sure? Yes. Oh, okay, hold on. We, I'm, I, I'm, I'm. At least at in some of the scenes, it's his left hand. No, it's his, I, it's his right. I okay, know it's his right. I, okay. Uh, yeah. In some of them, it's his right hand. In All some right. of them, it's his left well, there we go. So, well, I guess. Uh, okay, I mean, I guess there's no reason to talk about no. <laughs> there, no, because like I remember there was a scene um, right before he's gonna go on, right? Like right before he's gonna like go in front of the the town or something and be introduced. They have him like attempt to shake somebody's hand and it's it's the wrong hand <laughs> like i don't know it's i th- I, th- I, th- I think it's i, I feel it like is in of- some scenes it's the right hand uh-huh. but i am almost positive in other scenes it's the left hand yeah and they messed up yeah it's it's possible so, um maybe they just flipped the image in in uh In a reverse shot? In, in like a reverse shot, they like, oops, they like flipped it wrong or something. I don't know. Like they, they flipped it in editing to go have him enter from the, a different area and they didn't realize that it would flip his hand. I don't know. You know what I'm really know. curious about is once these episodes come out is where, uh, assuming we get any listening audience on this, where people are going to come down on my choices versus yours because I feel like you, they'll rally behind me for choosing RoboCop last week and like, <laughs> just if they if well they this was a mutual decision like yeah i don't know yeah but know. we've 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 done a pretty good job of like you know trying to come up with our like 
even though we agree on every like the movies that we're selecting, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we we each try and like throw in our candidates, as it were, for which ones to uh, discuss. But I'd be curious, <laughs> like, if people actually watch this remake, if they're like, why in that? Like, despite I mean, our yeah. conversation, <laughs> which I think justifies it. Uh, yeah, I, wonder- I mean, I think anytime. Yeah, people hear me talk. That justifies whatever had to happen. Make, yeah, exactly. Make okay, that happen. Yeah. That's, that's I'm how a I feel, narcissist. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, okay, so I think I think we're pretty much done. Um, I don't. I think if you like RoboCop or like sci-fi movies, there are certainly worse movies you could watch. Yeah. Um, but I would also say it is not an essential film. I would agree. So if you don't like those things, don't bother. But I think, do I th- bother watching the first RoboCop. I think, yeah, I think the general consensus, like, from most people is, like, that the original RoboCop is great and, like, pretty much anything that followed wasn't. Um, yeah, yeah. I mostly agree. Again, for whatever reason, uh, me kind of, like, veering off from the, the majority, I do like RoboCop too. I think it has plenty of, problems but i think robocop 2 is you know a better movie than this movie is which i guess isn't that high of a bar but um (laughs) i think robocop 2 in the future maybe not now but in in the future of this podcast is worth um is worth a discussion uh i don't i wouldn't even call that one like an interesting failure i i actually i think i enjoy robocop 2 a lot despite Mm. some minor quibbles with it um but i know a lot of people like passionately hate robocop 2 and i'm in the majority with hating robocop 3 uh which doesn't even have peter weller but um, (laughs) but yeah i think in the future if if we if we agree on it i think robocop 2 might be an interesting avenue to go down but yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't mind it i think i've only seen it like once yeah. So I'd give that a shot. Um, I, I don't know. I appreciate that this gave me a reason to watch this remake because otherwise I, I wouldn't have bothered. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, I think that's going to wrap up this episode here, Matt. Are we doing Super Sucker next? <laughs> I think so. I think we, what I think a, we had what originally a combo. planned on doing it before these two and then yeah. we, we changed it up a bit. So yes, I, I believe we are in for another Jeff Daniels directed uh purple rose produced film next yes week. the the second and last yeah uh, <laughs> exactly so that'll be great um okay well we want to thank everybody for listening um hopefully uh this wasn't too uh explosive as as matt and i uh argued i guess i don't know um I would Hopefully say I was more or less attacked and i just well you were attacked for having stupid opinions that are wrong and dumb <laughs> god one of these days i've gotta i've gotta because part of it is that you have conviction you know yeah and i don't come up on here with any sort of like take that's hard to defend you know (laughs) i'm always straight like down the middle in the majority i think for the most part so and also you uh you are not a a person who yells at me about things so you know you may want to think about that yeah yeah i don't know my best okay anyway um so that's going to wrap up this episode we want to thank everybody for listening um if you've got a suggestion um you can find us on twitter um you will see the the twitter handle uh, in the episode description um right now it is yet to be made so i should do that or you, hey matt do you want to do that let's plan the podcast while we're recording it yeah uh, you want to make a twitter handle for this piece of shit <laughs> 
Yeah, sure. Okay, great. Um, so we'll know that by, by next time. Um, but if you like the episode, please rate, review, subscribe, all of that stuff. Tell, tell your friends about it. Um, hold it, hold it in your heart and take it with you on an adventure. Um, because, uh, really that's what life's all about, you know? Yeah. Finding share your with friends. us your thoughts on on both the original and the remake. Because yeah, tell us, tell us, tell us if you think Matt's wrong. Uh, hashtag <laughs> uh, Matty G, no way. Or tell us if you think Matt is completely wrong with hashtag What the fuck, Matt? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I will, will. I will accept any and just, all tweets I, that come my I way. I just don't understand. Like he's obviously a bad guy. It's no, he's not. He's, he's okay. Really- you, still, business you're still doubling, you're stumbling down on it. Uh, yep. You are doubling down. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, this was then the most frustrating time I've ever had. <laughs> Not really. Um, okay. That's going to that's gonna end the show. We need to end the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you back here next time. Bye, everyone.